Here I request that the clerk read the resolution. Mr. Clerk, read the resolution. House Resolution 63 by Chairman Farmer, resolution to expel Justin J. Pearson from his seat as a member of the House of Representatives of the 113th General Assembly of the State of Tennessee, elected by the 86th Representative District. Whereas Article 2, Section 12 of the Tennessee Constitution provides that each House may determine the rules of its proceedings, punish its members for disorderly behavior, and with concurrence of two-thirds, expel a member, but not a second time for the same offense, and shall have all the powers necessary for a branch of the legislature of a free state, and whereas all members of the House of Representatives must comply with the permanent rules of order of the Tennessee House of Representatives for the 113th General Assembly, including preserving order, adhering to decorum, speaking only with recognition, not crowding around the clerk's desk, avoiding personalities, and not using props or displaying political messages, and whereas during the House floor 19th legislative day on March 30th, 2023, Justin J. Pearson of Shelby County, along with Gloria Johnson of Knox County, and Justin Jones of Davidson County did knowingly and intentionally bring disorder and dishonor to the House of Representatives through their individual and collective actions. And whereas at approximately 1049 a.m., Representative Pearson and his colleagues having gathered at Representative Johnson's desk, moved in unison to the well and began shouting without recognition. And whereas once gathered in the well and called out of order, Representative Pearson and his colleagues proceeded to disrupt the proceedings of the House of Representatives from approximately 1050 a.m. until approximately 1142 a.m. And whereas during this time, Representative Pearson and his colleagues shouted, pounded on the podium, led chants with citizens in the gallery, and generally engaged in disorderly and disruptive conduct, including refusing to leave the well, sitting on the podium, and utilizing a sign displaying a political message. And whereas during this time, Representative Pearson and Representative Jones used a bullhorn to amplify their protestations. And whereas these actions are done in open session, in presence of, and witnessed by the members and staff of the House of Representatives, and whereas it appears to the satisfaction of this body that Representative Pearson's conduct on March 30, 2023 constitutes disorderly behavior and justifies expulsion, and whereas such disorderly behavior on part of Representative Pearson reflects adversely upon the integrity and dignity of the House of Representatives of the state of Tennessee, place a cloud upon the action of this honorable body and is inconsistent with the duty of a member of this body and where it is deemed in the best interest of the people of the state of Tennessee and this body for Representative Pearson to relinquish his seat as a member of the House of Representatives and whereas Representative Pearson has been given advance notice of the contents of this resolution and has been afforded the opportunity to debate the resolution on the floor of this House prior to its passage. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the House of Representatives 113 General Assembly of the State of Tennessee that pursuant to the authority under Article 2, Section 12 of the Tennessee Constitution, this body hereby expels Justin J. Pearson from his seat as a member of the House of Representatives of the 113th General Assembly of the State of Tennessee, elected by the 86th Representative District for his disorderly behavior occurring on March 30, 2023, and declares the 86th Representative District seat vacant. Be it further resolved that copies of this resolution be prepared and forwarded to Justin J. Pearson, the legislative body of Shelby County, the Honorable Bill Lee, Governor of the State of Tennessee, and the Honorable Trey Hargett, Secretary of State. Representative Pearson, you're recognizing the well. To God be the glory for the things that God has done and the things that God's still doing. It is indeed a sad day for us in the state of Tennessee with the loss of Justin, Representative Justin Jones from this body. It is a victory of this movement that still says it matters to end gun violence in the state of Tennessee. This movement that still says it is time for just action and just reforms in our state and to still have Representative Gloria Johnson serving in this house. 
That's the power of justice. There's been a refrain and a song going around in this movement. Power to the people. Power to the people. Power to the people. Power to the people. Hosanna. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this only that I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek God in God's temple. For in the day of trouble, God will keep me safe in God's dwelling. God will hide me in the shelter of God's sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me at his sacred tent. I'll sacrifice with shouts of joy and thanksgiving. I'll sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek God's face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God, my Savior. Though my father or mother or siblings or colleagues might forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. I give thanksgivings to Dr. Kimberly, Kimberly Owens Pearson, Reverend Jason C. Pearson Sr., my fiance Oshane, my brother Keyshawn, who stands in the gap for Jason II, Temperance, and Jalen, and to everyone in District 86 in Memphis and Millington of the community who is here demanding justice. We are here because of a tragedy. Covenant School shooting victims, Catherine Coombs, Mike Hill, Cynthia Peake, Evelyn Dickhouse, Haley Scruggs, and William Kenny. We're here because of a tragedy, because we spoke up about the tragedy of gun violence that continues to perpetuate and persist in our state. We're here today witnessing injustice against the First Amendment. We spoke up for gun control and the end of gun violence. We're here today, we're being sought to be expelled from this, the people's house, for speaking up about the need, the need for gun control because we broke some house rules. We're here today because of House Resolutions 63, 64, and 65 rules. I will tell you that uh, I was never told about. I learned about more rules in this house and our state constitution in the last five days than in my entire tenure. And as you have seen, and as we unfortunately have seen, the rules can be wielded to bend to the desires of a few. And it is not sacrosanct for the protection of everybody. I do, before I continue, have a few parliamentarian inquiries, if you will indulge me. Uh, one, uh, 
when uh, is it that evidence can be presented into the record? Evidence for our exposure. As a point of order, you can stop the time. I got a, I got a few parliamentary inquiries before no, we this, keep going. This is part of your time because you're asking the clerk questions during your opening. Mr. Clerk. Okay. I'll re retract those questions and then we'll ask them okay. after. Thank you. Uh, it said that I broke the Constitution, Article 2, Section 12, saying that each house has its own proceedings and you can punish members and things like that. Again, never informed about even these proceedings, denied due process, didn't know anything about this. I was never given an overview of these rules or informed the speaker, the chief clerk. Nobody reached out saying, hey, this is what you can expect. I've been serving officially District 86 for 10 days since I swearing again. I was sworn in the day of the Covenant shooting. And now being brought up against charges, if you will, that we broke the Constitution. Told in paragraph two that members of this assembly have permanent rules of order. Now, when did we sit down and we talk about these rules? I think they were voted on before I got here and was appointed by the Shelby County Election Commission. I was told that we were crowding around the clerk's desk. And I got to be honest with you, I, I just realized they're talking about this desk and not the one up there. It, it's a lot of things that are in these resolutions that seem to uh, assume a lot of knowledge about what I am supposed to know or what we are supposed to know uh, without real facts about what we have been provided information about. I'm told, I'm told that I, I did knowingly and intentionally bring disorder and dishonor knowingly and intentionally bring disorder and dishonor. When we went up between bills, we walked, I walked to this, uh, 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 this hallowed, in this hallowed house to the, near this well, went up between bills after not being called on doing welcoming and honoring to say, we've got to listen to the people. We've got to do something. We've got to take action on gun violence. We've got to elevate this issue in order that we can create the necessary change that we need because we're exercising, and I exercise our First Amendment right. We're being told that that deserves an expulsion from the House because it broke a permanent House rule. And still, when we learn that a member of this body broke a permanent House rule in order for a video to be shown, there was no discussion even about what potential retributions might exist. If rules will be sacrosanct, if rules will be the end all and be all of this house, then that needs to apply equitably to everyone. But there is something that tells me it is not uh, the rules being broken. It was what we were advocating for that folks have gotten very upset about, that we were advocating for people who have been murdered in our communities. We're advocating for people like my own classmate, Larry Thorne, who was slain by gun violence. We're advocating for people who are suffering in our communities. We're told, we're told uh, in this resolution that I proceeded to disrupt the proceedings of the House of Representatives from approximately 10.50 until approximately 11.42. And uh, uh, my fiance, she's a, a, a lawyer to be. And I have to tell you, if you go back, and this is one of the questions that I have, and we can start working on pulling up. If you look at the video at 10.50 a.m., this house is in recess. 
And the question that I'm pondering is, is it possible for House members to break permanent rules of order when the House is in recess? It's important that we unpack this after SB 638 was passed at 1049 a.m. I walked to the well. I walked to the well and Speaker Sexton immediately said, you're out of order. I call for a five-minute recess. Leadership, come up here. There was no disruption of any House proceedings or business. We were in a recess where members were relaxing, went for walks, left the chambers, ignoring the cries of people asking for gun reform, asking to end gun violence. I didn't disrupt proceedings between 10.50 to 11.42 because it wouldn't have been possible. We were in a recess. But if you want to count the recess and say that our peaceful protests for red flag laws, our peaceful protests for gun control storage laws, our peaceful protests for the safety of kids like the ones at Covenant, our peaceful protests for the communities that we serve and the people that we represent deserve expulsion, then let's go through the timeline. There was a 10 minute peaceful, peaceful protest on the House floor. And it was at exactly 11.04 where we walked back to that room with Leader Camper. Again, in the resolution, it says that we refuse to leave the well. In fact, all of the quote-unquote protest, uh, uh, except for maybe the first second or two, was called during a recess. And we still finished the business for the day. You keep going, and, and they say that we, we shouted and led chants with citizens. They, they, they said that we refused to leave the well. We had signs displaying political messages, and none of us believed that we were doing anything to deserve expulsion from this house. Speaking up on behalf of the last, the lost, the least, those who've been left out, those who've been ignored, those who've been silenced, but who refuse to be silent any longer does not deserve expulsion from this house. The mic was cut off. We did use a mini bullhorn to listen and to project to the people in our community who were asking for change. The reality is we were told this happened in the open presence of witnesses, but the gallery was cleared. The video and audio during this time, uh, you can see this with the chief clerk and we can pull up that video. The video and audio during this people exercise of our first amendment was not even broadcast online. We're told that this was disorderly behavior and it justifies expulsion. Well, I've been looking, colleagues, at our permanent rules of order. And if you read rule 19 of the permanent house rules that this body has voted on and have been mentioned several times today, there is a blatant contradiction in these resolutions that are asking for our expulsion and the permanent house rules for the 113th General Assembly. If you go to section 19, transgression of rules by member, transgression of rules by member, and it reads this, and I'll read it into the record. Any member who, in speaking or otherwise, transgresses the rules of the House, the Speaker shall, or any other member may, call such transgressing member to order, in which case the member so called to order shall immediately sit down, unless permitted to explain. And the House shall, if appealed to, decide the case without debate. If there be no appeal, the decision of the Chair 
shall prevail. If the decision be in favor of the member called to order, such members shall be permitted to proceed without leave of the House. If otherwise, such members shall not be permitted to proceed. And here's the important thing, and which is really important for we who are being told we deserve to be expelled because of a breaking of these rules. In case any member objects and continues, stays at the well, you might say, for more than 30 seconds or something, without leave of the House. And if the case require it, such members shall be liable to the censure of the House, not expulsion. Those are the permanent House rules we voted on, or I've been told. It is not the fact that we walked up to the well. It was what we came up here talking about. That's what's at issue here. We're told that we have hurt the integrity and dignity of the house, the house that our people elected us into. We've received letters from Evan and Johanna and Evabel, Lucy, Heron, Nuseba, Lily, Makada, June, Jaina. We've had folks like the Robinson family the Fitzgeralds and others who come and reached out to us and said, thank you for standing up for right. Thank you for speaking up for such a time as this. And the reality is each of us have a responsibility to do so, to speak up for such a time as this. There is something I take issue with in paragraph nine of our resolution. It says that is deemed in the best interest of the people of the state of Tennessee and the body for Representative Pearson to relinquish his seat as a member of the House of Representatives. I want to be clear. We are not relinquishing our seat. With this vote, you are taking it. You are disenfranchising the people of District 86. You are disenfranchising tens of thousands of people in our state. We are not giving anything away. A few of my colleagues have talked about the Tennessee State Constitution in Article 2. But I invite each of you to go to Article 1, Section 2 of the Tennessee State Constitution. And it reads this way, that government being instituted for the common benefit, the doctrine of non-resistance against arbitrary power and oppression is absurd, slavish, and destructive of the good and happiness of mankind. That's what the forebearers of the state of Tennessee wrote. That's the constitution you're talking about. Where they said that to have non-resistance against arbitrary power, against house rules, not criminal acts, is oppression, is absurd, leads to the destruction of the good and happiness of mankind. We've heard from thousands of people asking that we do something about gun violence. We must answer them whether it be in Memphis or Millington, whether it's conversations with folks like Mama Easter Knox or Sarah Gladney or thousands of people in this chamber, outside this chamber, up top, who are saying, we've got to do something. We've got to do something. It is those who are demanding and should be telling us what's in the best interest of our people. And what is in the best interest of our people from what we have heard is the end of gun violence. What's in the best interest of our communities and of our people are folks who are willing to pass just legislation. It's folks like those grandmothers who couldn't make it today but are watching today. 
who want to be ensured that they will be safe and our communities will be safe. It's Jermaine, my intern who shadowed here at this Capitol who said, I, I want to make sure that going to school isn't going to lead to my death. Our silence about gun violence is the antithesis of what is in the best interest of the people of the state of Tennessee. This week especially, Holy Week, we remember also Dr. King and the forebearers of the civil rights movement who taught us about civil disobedience as a way to get action. Dr. King taught us that sometimes there's a consciousness above rule, above what you might say is law, and that the true forms of protest is nonviolent disobedience. For less than a few minutes, we and you are seeking to expel District 86's representation from this house in a country that was built on a protest. In a country that was built on a protest. You who celebrate July 4th, 1776, pop fireworks and eat hot dogs. You say to protest is wrong because you spoke out of turn, because you spoke up for people who are marginalized. You spoke up for children who won't ever be able to speak again. You spoke up for parents who don't want to live in fear. You spoke up for, for, for Larry Thorne who was murdered by gun violence. You spoke up for people that we don't want to care about in a country built on people who speak out of turn, who spoke out of turn, who fought out of turn to build a nation. I come from a long line of people who have resisted. I come from a long line of people who have fought injustice. I come from a long line of people who know what it means to face adversity in difficult days, who knows what it means to have words uh, that mean something, that doesn't call peaceful protesters insurrectionists, doesn't call people who advocate for the end of gun violence the folks who would uh, actually kill law enforcement officers talking about children and teens who are being persecuted by the words that we speak. And I must say to you, as I wrap up this portion, that we all have a responsibility. We all have an obligation to do what is just, to do what is right, and to do what is fair. And what I can promise to those of you who have cried today those of you who mourn the seeming end and assault on our democracy. I can say to folks who are worried about whether or not, as one sign said, am I next? What I can say to you is that the movement for justice can never die because the heart for justice can never be killed because it lives and it beats in each and every one of us. It cannot die because we will not let it die. I'll tell you that folks have tried to kill it. Uh, uh, they tried to put it on a tree called Calvary. They, they, they tried to kill hope and love, but resurrection is always guaranteed after persecution. Representative Farmer, you're recognized.
Yeah, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Representative Pearson. Representative Pearson, right here. Do you know why you're standing in the well today? Representative Pearson. Yes, hold on one second. Representative Farmer, yes, sir. Yeah, I was just going to ask Paul's my time if he's going to. No, I'm actually it. not doing what y'all typically. Representative Pearson. Yeah, I'm actually not trying to run out of your time like y'all do to us uh, or to me. Uh, I was actually just looking for a piece of paper. I'm here uh, in the well right now because I came to this well using our First Amendment rights to speak up after the violent killing with assault rifles of beautiful human being Catherine Coons, Mike Hill, Cynthia Peake, Evelyn DeCouse, Haley Scruggs, and William Kinney. Representative Farmer. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. No, you're wrong. You're in the well today because you broke rules of decorum. Wouldn't you agree? Representative Pearson. I believe I'm in the well today because you have put forward a resolution that says that it's more important to expel voices of dissent than do the work of justice, which is fighting to end gun violence in the state of Tennessee. I believe that I'm in the well today because I uh, with the courage of ancestors and family and loved ones and community stood up and spoke up for folks like my classmate Larry Thorne who can speak no more because of the proliferation of guns in Tennessee. I, I believe that I'm in the well today uh, because you have decided that it is not uh, right to have debate. It is not right to listen to the voices of the minority. I believe I'm in the well today because on the day that we wanted to honor the thousands of people who protested, uh, we were denied that opportunity. I believe that I'm here because you feel in your heart that it is right to persecute someone who has committed no crime, who has only broken what you call the house decorum rule, which according to section 19 of the house permanent rules of order say that at worst, the thing that should happen is censure. But instead, you have brought forward a terrible resolution to deprive and disenfranchise thousands of people in Shelby County of a representative who will and can speak and advocate for them. And I believe, uh, Representative Farmer, that that is wrong. Representative Farmer. Oh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. And I just I want to just remind you of a letter you sent the members of this General Assembly on April 3rd. I recognized I did not follow decorum this past Thursday on the House floor, and I take full responsibility and accountability for my actions. What, what changed between the letter you sent the members and the account you just gave? Because either A, you were telling, you were telling a lie here, or you were telling a lie right up there at that podium. So what's the truth? Representative Pearson. Thank you, Representative Former. I did write that letter, and I still stand by it. We broke, I later learned. <laughs> rules of house decorum by coming up to the floor. And I do take full accountability and responsibility for my actions because I don't want the names of Catherine Koontz and Mike Hill and Cynthia Peake and Evelyn DeHouse and Haley Scruggs and William Kenny and folks like Larry Thorne to go into an ether of silence. I, I, you're right that coming up to the house floor without the, the, the speaker saying something broke a rule of house decorum, but it did not break a rule that deserves the expulsion of members of this body. We committed no crime. We did nothing but came to this floor to say we need to listen to the constituents who are asking for us to end gun violence. We need to listen to the constituents who are asking for us as they chanted to do something. And that is not a crime. 
In fact, that is our responsibility, our obligation, and I would even say it's our calling. Representative Farmer. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. And I, as you said earlier, you, you've admitted that uh, you've, you've engaged in disorderly and disruptive con conduct, correct? Representative Pearson. That's not correct. I believe the rule of house decorum that we broke was walking up to the well without the speaker's permission. But I think, and I'm gonna ask that we do get the video of what happened on the house floor that day, because I believe you will see, as we saw in the video earlier, that most of the things that are in this resolution, which really make it challenging, uh, I, I, I think uh, most of the things that are in this resolution happen during recess. And what I'm being told now, or what it seems to be happening, is that you cannot be uh, held to account uh, to the permanent house rules of order during recess, or another member of this body would have had a resolution against them or, or will be having one uh, pretty soon. And so I, I think there are a lot of contradictions and questions that are coming up, uh, Representative Farmer. Representative Farmer. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Representative Chisholm. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Representative Pearson, what what day would you were you officially sworn in? I'm sorry, Representative Pearson. Uh, I was sworn in on the 27th, uh, so Monday last. Representative Chisholm. The 27th of March. So I bet you've learned a lot about the House rules over the last few weeks, huh? Representative Pearson. Yeah, most certainly have learned a lot and we're really fortunate to also serve in an interim role to see how this house operates. And I have to say the way that it operate today was quite different than what I've seen in past sessions. Representative Chisholm. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Members, I'm standing here to fight for our member. I'm standing here to fight for all of our members because we have a new member standing in a well defending his right to even be here. A member who was sworn in less than two weeks ago. A member that is just learning the decorum of this body. A member who has proven himself to be hardworking, articulate, eloquent and although this member moves a little bit different than most of us matter of fact i'll be i even go as far to say he moves different than i do but this is a member that deserves to be a part of this body this is a member that work i've seen with my own eyes works so hard for his community who i've seen fight tooth and nail to injustice in his community, who fought gun violence, who, who, who fought for clean water so that the state could continue to have it. A member since over the last two weeks, I've seen study more than I've seen many of us who've sat here for years. So members, many of you all know that it's rare for me to get up in this, into this chamber and speak but I have to speak to the humanity of everyone in the room. Forgiveness, now we're all taught to be forgiving. Well, let's take the opportunity to forgive a new member 
who maybe, yes, he broke a rule of decorum. A member that I believe in a short period of time will be an asset to this body. Who I see as an asset to this body even now. Members, we've seen, it's been said many times that we've seen many members of this body violate rules and are still here. Who violated decorum in a much severe manner than a member just standing in the podium. Who are still here. And members, let's remember that as we talk about forgiveness and as we talk about the member in question right now. Let's remember who's watching us right now. Let's remember who's in the hallway. And let's not forget about those children that lost their lives. Let's not forget about the reason he felt like he had to get in the, in the well. Because when a generation is penalized for telling the truth, we teach them how to lie. So, members, let's be careful what we're teaching, not only the people who are here at the state capitol right now, not only the people of Tennessee, but remember, please remember, there are people all over the world who are trying to find examples of Tennessee that they can copy and use for themselves. And let's not give them something they'll, they'll end up being ashamed of from seeing us. Thank you for your ear, and I ask you for your consideration. Thank you. Representative Pearson. Uh, thank you, Representative Chisholm. And I, I do uh, take issue with some of these things, particularly some of these rules. And I think some of the not necessarily the rules in and of themselves. I realized it was passed by this body before I got here. One of the things I do wonder is, uh, as a part of being here, especially when you come in on a special election, uh, how much effort is given to help educate members right, who are new here? How much attention is given to actually support folks to, to be good members of this body, as you all see? But there's also a need when you get new folk we get people who are different than the status quo. We get people who don't uh, particularly think or see or speak the same ways that you do. How might you change too? Because this is not just about young generation needing to conform uh, to this body's principalities and the ways that it operates. It's about how this body has to change and transform to meet the needs of this society how it needs to change and transform to meet the needs of this generation, how it needs to change and transform to meet the needs of people who deserve health care, who deserve adequate educational opportunities, who deserve safety. It's how this body has to transform. It's not just about how we need to think differently or, or operate differently. It's about how this body can operate differently. And I'll tell you what, today was the first day in three, about two months that I've been here that there has been actual debate on the House floor. This is the first day where the speaker hasn't ignored hands of Democratic members. 
This is the first day where everyone who wanted to say something doing welcoming and honoring as we wanted to do on that Thursday where I walked to this well had an opportunity to do so. This is the first time where the question wasn't called by my colleagues and the Republican Party almost immediately after something was brought up. This was the first day that I've seen something that was a semblance of democracy, even on a day that seems to be so filled with anti-democratic operations. And that didn't happen by chance. That happened because a few folk had some courage to stand up and say the way we're doing things is wrong. That's people power. But that's the responsibility of all of us who serve people. It is not just to go with the status quo in and of itself because that's the way that things have always been. It's actually to push for things to be better, to push for the voice of the minority. And I mean that in a couple of ways, not only politically, but today, two African-American members, one woman, one of two Democratic members, members had resolutions for expulsion. It's, a, it's an opportunity and a necessity that this body become more democratic in order that all voices all the time are heard. So that folks don't have to stand up person after person after person saying, the way we're treating this person's bill is different than this person's. And the only difference that's obvious is the fact that one is black and one is white. One is a Democrat and one is a Republican. Those ways of operating that entrench the status quo only lead to further division. And to persecute people who are advocating to stop the proliferation of gun violence in our communities. That's wrong. That's wrong. And so while I know I do take responsibility for coming to the well, while the speaker said out of order, I also take responsibility for the people in our district and in our communities who are asking for us to do something, who are tired of going to funerals of their brothers and their sisters and their grandmothers and their cousins. Are we not responsible to them too? Take any other questions. Representative Farmer. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. You know, as I'm listening, I'm thinking to myself, you don't understand. You don't truly understand why you're standing there today. You don't truly understand why I authored that resolution. And it wasn't an easy thing for me to do. But I'm hearing you blame this on your youth. But just because you don't get your way, you grab a couple friends, doesn't mean you can come to the well while we're conducting business in session. Other members are waiting to have their bills to be heard. They have constituents to 60, 70,000 times another 80 millions of people. Just because you don't get your way, you can't come to the well, bring your friends, and throw a temper tantrum with an adolescent bullhorn. It doesn't give you the right to enrage folks that are here to watch this body conduct business and talk about things you know good and well that we've worked hard, we've worked very hard to protect our children here in the state of Tennessee. Very hard. You know what, and what you could do, you could maybe could file a piece of legislation that maybe you'd do that instead of sitting back and criticizing folks that's worked really hard for the past decade to do so. That might be a place to start. But certainly don't start by commandeering the well while we're conducting business 
here in this Tennessee General Assembly, that's why you're standing there, because of that temper tantrum that day, for that yearning to have attention. That's what you wanted, but you're getting it now. So I just advise you, if you want to conduct business in this house, file a bill. Be recognized, stand there and present it, and pass it. All you got to do is pass a bill. Representative Pearson. Now, you all heard that. How many of you would want to be spoken to that way? How many of you would want to be spoken to that way? We're not talking about politics. We're not talking about even gun violence. How many of you would want to be spoken to that way? The reason that I believe the sponsor of this legislation, of this resolution, spoke that way is because he's comfortable doing it. Because there's a decorum that allows it. There's a decorum that allows you to belittle people. We didn't belittle nobody. What we said was that we cannot be beholden to gun lobbyists, to the NRA. We can't be beholden to organizations that don't want to see us make progress on gun violence. We can't be beholden to folks who don't want to see us help save our communities and protect them. But there's something, there's something else I think that the sponsor of this resolution has, has alluded to, and there were a few things here that you said that, that I, I want to address. He called a peaceful protest a temper tantrum. Is what's happening outside these doors by Tennesseans who want to see change a temper tantrum? Is Sarah whose son Noah was at the Covenant School. He survived, he's five years old. And she showed up here demanding that we do something about gun violence. Is that a temper tantrum? Is elevating our voices for justice or change a temper tantrum? But there's something in the decorum of this body that makes it okay to say that folks who are exercising their First Amendment rights to speak up for the hundreds of thousands of people collectively that we represent. There's something in the decorum of this body that says it's okay to call that a temper tantrum, to call people we disagree with on the issues, to say that all they want is attention. But I'll tell you what, I don't personally want attention. What I want is attention on the issue of gun violence. But instead, we're here with the resolution you put up talking about expelling me for advocating for ending gun violence in the state of Tennessee. I'd much rather be talking with you about legislation to protect Shelby County and to protect our communities than talking about why we don't deserve to have our representation lost because we came to the well of this house saying we've got to do something. That's what I would like to be doing. And so you brought attention or tried to bring attention to me, but I want to turn the attention to the people the people who will never be able to throw a temper tantrum for gun violence. You know, the Larry Thorns, 
the Catherine Kuntzes, the, the Mike Hills, the Cynthia Peaks, the Evelyn Decals, the Haley Scruggs, the William Kennedys, who will never have a chance to throw what you call a temper tantrum for justice, for gun reform, for the ending of gun violence. They'll never have a chance because we haven't taken our oath seriously, because we don't take people who we disagree with seriously. We tell them, you just are throwing a temper tantrum. And again, these are the same folks who live in one of the greatest democracies, as we've been told, in the United States of America, a place and an institution, in fact, I would argue, that was built on protest an institution that was built on people throwing temper tantrums against injustice and what they viewed as injustice. It isn't a temper tantrum to say that kids should actually go to schools that are safe. Neighborhoods shouldn't have to have thousands of police officers to be safe. We shouldn't have to worry about going to the grocery store as in some cases going to the movie theater and someone coming with an assault rifle and killing us. That's not throwing a temper tantrum sponsor. That's just asking for us to do right. You said something else. You said, uh, you don't understand why you're here. I promise you, I fully understand why I am here. I am here because the people in District 86 brought me here. I'm here because the people in District 86 asked that we might fight for justice against the status quo here. I'm here because we are subversive to the status quo. One that is young, one that is diverse, one that calls into question the ways that we have been operating that are not working. Because if they were working, those kids would be alive. Larry would be alive. People in our communities and in our families, TJ would be alive if the system was working the way it was supposed to, because my cousin would be alive. But that's not what's happening. And look, I wrote y'all a letter. I gave, I hand delivered a letter to everybody. And I said, look, I take full accountability and responsibility for my actions on the house floor and that it broke decorum. I told y'all that. And I also told you that there was in no world or way that I thought that would lead to us being expelled from this house that we got elected into by our constituency. Who would have ever thought that? That for 30 seconds or less before the speaker called a recess could lead to our expulsion from the state house. That is anti-democratic. That is not right. That is not just. So yes, I still take full responsibility for my actions. I know exactly why I am here serving. I know exactly why I, I, I'm fighting for our community, why I'm fighting to continue to be in this institution to help create change. I know exactly why I'm doing that. And I know exactly why this resolution was brought forward. And I don't think it has a lot to do with the 30 seconds before the recess. I think it has to do with the issue that we were talking about. You said something else that we are uh, 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 just criticizing folks and, and setting, instead of just setting back and criticizing folks, put forward some legislation. Well, some good legislation has been put forward, y'all. I hear uh, representatives on our side have legislation that can lead to uh, protecting our communities, including red flag laws and gun storage uh, as well. And I ask that you might work to actually pass that legislation because we are gonna continue to fight for just legislation 
We're going to continue to fight to ensure that more lives are not lost to the epidemic of gun violence in our communities. And so, yes, if I'm expelled from this house, I will not have the opportunity to fight for that legislation as a member. But you can believe that I will continue to fight for our communities and to fight for just legislation in the state of Tennessee. With that, if anyone has any more questions or comments. Represent back. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I've been trying to get the podium all, all day, but I've been cut off. And I know that's part of our democracy. But I wanted to just talk to y'all real quick about when I wasn't here. We've had three uh, cases now, four of people being expelled from the House. The, the only one that I've been at was Jeremy Durham up until Rep Representative Jones earlier. But Jeremy Durham, about half of y'all were here then. Uh, the, I kept hearing that Jeremy Durham did not have his due process. Do you remember that? The ones who were here. Due process, due process. So let's talk about due process just a minute. Due process is under the Constitution where if we take your life, liberty, uh, or property, there's a process that the government has to go through. And obviously we're not sentencing him to death. Obviously we're not taking his liberty by sending him to jail, but we are taking his property. His job is his property. His elected position in this house is his property. And because of that, and we are a government entity he deserves, Representative Pearson deserves, and all three of them deserve due process under the Constitution. We've heard a lot about the Constitution today, but this is rock solid due process. And under the due process, you've got to have uh, inquiries. You've got to, we heard about uh, under Jeremy Durham had a uh, uh, ad hoc committee to investigate it. The, the Attorney General appointed a committee to investigate it. Uh, and yet we still get to months later, not a week later, months later, we get to a position where we are in a special session to expel Jeremy, Jeremy Durham. That was months, all years maybe, after the first accusations of the sexual harassment came out and other, other accusations. But where I'm going with this, ladies and gentlemen, is that none of these three were given their due process. There was no investigation. If there was an investigation, if there was a time, then maybe these articles of expulsion would have been correct, would have been accurate. Uh, we keep hearing different things that different uh, accused are, 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 that are said that they have, have been done. Well, if we would have slowed this down, given them due process, like anyone that we're taking their property from, then yes, uh, we would be in a lot better position to make a decision on young Representative Pearson. 
And a point of order, I've got a question for the clerk, Mr. Clerk. Mr. Clerk, is it against the House rules to approach the well without the Speaker's permission? Mr. Clerk. Mr. Speaker, that is not contained in the House rules. Representative Beck. So when young Representative Pearson admitted to breaking decorum because he went to the well without the permission of the Speaker, in fact, he was not breaking House rules or House decorum. He didn't know that he wasn't breaking House rules or House decorum. So when he says that he did, he was actually in error. Mr. Clerk. Mr. Speaker, I believe part of the issue was that the members weren't recognized, which is part of the rules. Representative Beck. But the representative said earlier, he thought he broke the rules because he came to the well without permission, which that was not a violation of our house rules. And with proper due process, all this could have been vetted and we would have been in a process where we would have seen the video that was spliced from four different angles, four different people who took it and been able to authenticate it and given you true due process. Representative Pearson. Yeah. Bill, I appreciate that. And I'm still learning a lot about these rules as you can, as you see, and appreciate you sharing that. And what I uh, agree with is that this has not been a very fair process. We were told Monday that we'd be expelled Thursday. We're never giving any idea of how this process would work, uh, whether or not we would even have uh, how much time we would have to be here before you to talk to you all about the reason that we needed to remain here. We weren't given uh, due process, but this wasn't and isn't fair. And I think what ultimately has happened, and this is the, the tragedy of this moment, is this very undemocratic process has already led to the expulsion of one member from the State House General Assembly, Representative Justin Jones. And operating in this way means that it doesn't have anything to do with the rules. The rules that are being broken, which seem to become more finite, could have been addressed by Section 19, which would have led to censure, which you all passed in the Permanent House Rules of Order uh, for the 113th General Assembly, could have led to censure. But to expel members from this body that we were duly elected into doesn't have to do with a breaking of a rule or something like that even. I think it has to do with working to silence the voices of people calling for action and change, particularly as it relates to gun violence. I think I don't want us to, 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 to forget that. Right. We're here because we were not recognized when it came the time to talk about gun violence. And it was time for us and it is time for us to do something. That is ultimately what has led to uh, uh, the use of our First Amendment rights and the protesting against injustice on the state house floor in order that we might elevate the issues of our community and our constituents who are in need and asking for us to do something. And so it's very helpful to know that the rule I even thought I broke wasn't even a rule in the first place. 
but to be able to bend the rules or skip the rules for certain folks or to use the rules against duly elected members of this body for either politically motivated reasons or ideologically motivated reasons are wrong. And not only is it about setting a bad precedent for generations and generations to come, it's bad today, right? For people who still believe and have faith in what Tennessee can be, for the young people who still are marching and still are speaking out, saying that this is still an institution, a place where change can happen. But if we hang on to those principalities and that wickedness that is, is too often before us, instead of continually, continuously working to improve and continuously working to grow and working to uh, actually create just legislation and not call people who are advocating for folks who are calling for temper tantrums. If we don't get beyond that, we will not be able to build this institution or our state into what we know it can and should be, which is a place where we don't have the issues of poverty that we have, where we've expanded medical uh, care for everybody. We, we want to build a place where everybody in this state can become who God has called for them to be. And at this point, in this place, instead of working on those things, we're working to expel people whose voices we disagree with and whose ideologies and perspectives about the liberation of everybody we view as wrong. Lear Lambert. Representative Pearson. You know, I've sat here today and I haven't said much. This is a difficult day, I think, for all of us and for all of Tennessee. Like many others that have spoken on both sides of the aisle, Republican and Democrat, and all of the people that are here today, because they have families, they have jobs, they have homes, we are all on this House floor because this is important. And you would agree with that, I hope, correct? Representative Pearson. Of course. Leader Lambert. I've struggled when I listen to you speak about what you think about the rest of your colleagues here, because we are colleagues. You ran and were elected by the people of your district. So was I. Why do you feel like when there are hundreds of bills that are being filed, there are hundreds of hours of work being put in by all of these people who have children and grandchildren and constituents who have been killed by violence and yes, gun violence and others, and yet you stand here and you came to the well of this chamber and silenced 96 other voices. And the stuff you have said, because I respect you, I actually literally respect you. You're a very intelligent individual. You're very zealous. You're very passionate about what you believe in. I am passionate about my constituents as well. I don't want any child anywhere in this state to be in danger. You've heard me say those words, but you don't seem like you believe that any of us care about our constituents as much as you care about yours. Though many people in this body have served their communities for decades, both Republican and Democrat. When you step into the well with a bullhorn and are yelling and screaming and are sharing with the people of this state that you believe that none of us care and you shut down the ability of even a response, surely you can at least admit that that is an egregious thing to shut out other voices because only together with everybody's thoughts at the table, everybody's voice at the table, can we possibly solve the problems that plague 
our day. Every single voice is important. Yours, mine, everyone's. Does it not matter to you that in doing so, you shut down every other voice and elevated yourself even above the very families who were going through hell because their loved ones were killed. And it appeared to us as if in that brooch of protocol, it's not about the rules. It's about that you elevated yourself above the very dead bodies that had not been put in the ground yet. How can you not get that? We all all of us want to make sure that there's no more children killed. Surely you get that, but I, I, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. I understand that your voice matters. I would ask that you explain to this body why you feel like ours do not, because on almost every single bill you've spoken, and I think your questions have been illuminated in certain issues that I might not have thought about because I haven't walked in your shoes. You haven't walked in mine. But those rules are there so that we can have this back and forth instead of people just shouting at each other in which nothing gets resolved. I wanted to share that because I wanted to hear your thoughts on how coming to the House floor with a bullhorn and drowning out the voice of my constituents is helpful in this exchange because this is the way that I know how to resolve things, to talk about them and share ideas and share our differences in a way that comes to better results. What are your thoughts on that? Representative Pearson. Peter Lambert, you're wrong. I don't think that one person's voice is more important than anybody's, especially the 96 or so other folks. But what about the thousands of people who were here that Thursday who you never recognized? What about the thousands of people here who your colleagues never made eye contact with or smirked at and, and gave a thumbs up or laughed at? What about the thousands of people who came here saying, we need to end gun violence and we need you to do something? And they were called insurrectionists by the speaker of this house. What about the thousands of people who marched the streets of Nashville and came up to this Capitol asking that we do something, but instead of getting just legislation that might protect our schools, we're saying put more guns in schools. I have to tell you, Leader Lambert, I'm shocked that you would say that you care so much about debate in this moment. I, I am because I've seen uh, and talked with a young person today who said they came to you and they were talking with you and there was another representative, Representative Jones there, and he was trying to speak with you and you yelled at him, I've heard enough from you, young man. You said that to another equal member of this body. And so it is hard for me to now listen to you, a person who has yet to put forward legislation that I believe or that I think has had the, the, the true input of other members of this house and other members of this body's input that could actually help protect and save our communities. I haven't heard you talk about the red flag gun laws that you're ready to propose. I haven't heard you talk about the gun storage bills that you're ready to propose. I haven't heard you talking about those things or putting resources or money towards our communities that are suffering from gun violence. I haven't heard you do those things just yet. And so it, it is very difficult for me to stand here now for you to think that I am trying to elevate myself above the people who were killed at Covenant or my own people, like Dr. Yvonne Nelson or Larry Thorne or TJ Crutcher. I, it's really difficult that, for you to look me in the eye and tell me that I'm putting myself above people who have been killed by gun violence, who I know personally and who I don't know personally, but advocate for. When in this house, on that day when we returned, instead of putting forward just legislation, we moved on as business as usual.
We had only one representative to speak about the shooting at Covenant, and we moved on. So don't tell me, sir, that debate is so important to us when you didn't stand up and tell the speaker, we need to make sure that all members can speak now. Go ahead, Leader Lambert. Leader Lambert, um, the first five ran out. That was his five. We'll put you back on the list and come back to you. I'm sorry. Sorry. No, we don't. <laughs> we'll come right back. It's fine. We'll be, we'll be back in five minutes or less, potentially. Representative Harris. When I look at you, I see myself. If I'm unable to see you as my brother, then it is my vision that is blurred. I don't want to talk to the members about this. I just want to talk to you directly as another young brother in this legislature. I remember when I first got here, I, uh, I think that um, I would walk by people, even now I still do, and one thing mem every member is going to be able to say is that I, I speak to every single person. I'm going to say, hey, how are you? How's it going? I'm going to speak to every single person. Everybody doesn't speak back. So we're going to talk about silence. On these committees that we serve on, I understand where you're coming from on this because a lot of times there is a lot of silence. You can ask to speak on something and it's going to be silenced. I served on a committee last year that I speaker can actually attest to, I, I asked the speaker to be removed from the committee because a rule was put in place that we had to provide the questions ahead of time. So we were being silenced. I look back at uh, a few weeks ago, I was in a committee um, and the chairman who I uh, have the utmost respect for um, heard me ask for a question and ignored me, silenced. It happens so often here. We have to find our place. So whereas you decided to go to the well to speak on behalf of people, thousands of people, because we had been silenced for so long, that buildup happens. I was talking to a member on yesterday uh, about today's proceedings and they said, well, I respect you. I respect you highly. I think of you greatly now. When I first got here, people had an opinion of who I was before they had even gotten to know who I was. You got here a week and a half ago. They haven't had an opportunity to get to know who you are. They've already made their decision. And that's okay. We'll see you back. What I want you to know, though, is that as you do it, do everything in love. When I leave out of this place, I'll be here for some, some time. I mean, if you look around this room, a lot of these members may retire, be dead and gone, but rules and stuff will still change, and you'll be here. 
we have an obligation to serve and represent people, every single one of us. And while things may not pan out the way you want it to right now, just know it really did work out. And I say that because if you watched an hour or so ago, it didn't really work out. And so we're here now. People are looking, paying attention to every single thing we do, respectfully. We had a member from our community that was murdered, Tyree Nichols, murdered. We talked about him for one week. We had six individuals killed recently, three children, three adults. And we would have talked about them for one week had you not done what you did last Thursday. You allowed for more voices to be heard. Now, while I may have done things a little different, you made a difference that everybody's gonna remember. And I promise you, those young people, the people that's gonna pass away in the future, things that may happen in the future, they're gonna get heard. And when you go back home, just know you did a great job. Matthews 25, 21 says, well done, my good and faithful servant. It has been a joy to work with you no matter what happens here today. Representative Pearson. Thank you, uh, Representative Harris. And indeed, uh, we are in a movement rooted in love the movement for justice, the movement to end gun violence, the movement to end poverty, to ensure every kid gets good education, the movement to ensure everybody has access to healthcare, it's rooted in love because it's rooted in the belief that every person has value. And I know that that's counterculture or that's subversive to some people's way of thinking, but it is rooted in love. And that is how we can and that is the way we must operate but I, I want to speak to, to this because I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but I, I, I'll promise you that it's all right with me. Uh, what, what I will say is that those silences that uh, my colleague is talking about, it's an institutional problem. And I see a lot of chairmen here talking and, and a lot of other leaders here of the party uh, that's in positions of power right now. And I'm really speaking to the chair folk. Uh, Y'all have a responsibility to make sure your committees still are democratic. I've watched the committee hearings and oftentimes, you, again, you get folks calling the question before any other colleague gets to ask any question, even when they have valid points. You get folks, I came up here last year uh, fighting for this environmental justice legislation. We had six people who were supposed to speak on, committee, uh, on the committee and it turned into miraculously just two upholding the ideal that all of us want for democracy, the idea that folks died for and that they fought for and that they cried for and that they gave their lives for. Folk like my granddaddy who fought in World War, uh, World War II in Vietnam, folk, folk who have given and sacrificed for this country, the responsibility to hold together this democracy does not just fall on the hands of the people who are being persecuted. It's actually the people who are in positions of power because when you don't, you abuse the power. 
And this resolution uh, sponsored, this is, in my eyes, in many folks' eyes, an abuse of power. But I would say to you, no matter what happens, I'm all right. But I, I want y'all to know who remain that each of you have an obligation to stop turning the people's house into your own club. That the folks who sit in committees with you, who got elected just like you, who swore the same oath that you swore, they deserve a voice in these committee rooms and we deserve a voice on this house floor. The erosion of democracy in the state legislature is what got us here. It wasn't walking up to the well. It was being disruptive to a status quo that silences the minority. And it is wrong. And the people in this state and the people across the country and the world, whoever's watching, are wanting to see a change. Just because you have power doesn't give you the right to abuse it. Because even if I disagree with your constituents on political issues, I do agree on the principle for which my ancestors fought and died, which is that they would have a democracy. A democracy is one said that is governed by the people and for the people, not one that's governed by ideas and principalities and beliefs and ideological divides that try and silence folk. It's horrible that someone who got elected just like you can't even get a good morning from you. Somebody who got elected just like you can't speak in committee sitting next to you. But then you come here to persecute me and tell me you just don't understand the rules of debate. When I know for a fact this house has not been a place of debate for Democrats. This house has not been a place of debate for people who are transgender. This house has not been a place of debate for people who are LGBTQIA. This house has not been a place of debate for people who are already persecuted in our society. This house ain't even been a place of debate for people who wear beautiful dashikis in honor of their ancestors who made it over. And so it's one thing to hold the ideals up in this moment, to talk about today, to talk about how good democracy is working in Tennessee in this moment as you prepare to persecute individuals for expulsion. It is one thing to talk about those ideals, but it, it's another thing to actually be in this house, to see members being misnamed. Folks won't even say. That was your five. No, that was the new five. That was the, that was the second five. Sorry. We're going next. Is it part million question? What's the question? Mr. Clark. John, all right, Representative Hawk. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I didn't plan to speak today. We're talking about the committee system and we're talking about floor actions like this is something new. 
the supermajority that we've heard about through conversations today, that's what's new. The Democratic Party had control of both bodies of the legislature for 140 years. And early on, I couldn't get a bill heard. I couldn't get recognized in committee. I had a challenging time ever having a conversation on the floor about a concern that I have. There were certain people who were able to pass bills. There are certain people who were able to talk on bills. So it's not something that's new. And all that being said, two wrongs don't make a right. Even though it did happen for 140 years, I think that the speaker, I think that our many, most, if not all, of our committee chairmen have gone out of their way to have people heard, much more so than what I experienced in my early years down here. I heard an interesting reaction from the crowd a few moments ago as someone was talking about about when this legislature changes and, and when members who may be here now may be dead and gone. And the crowd outside cheered like that. The crowd cheered when that was mentioned. And that hurts my heart that anyone could wish or laugh when we're talking about our members being gone, members being dead and gone. That's what's being discussed. We talk about the focus not being on an individual, but we're seeing that individual right now bring the focus to himself. I heard him, there was also said earlier, people had opinions of who I was before people even knew who I was. And we were talking about how to learn the rules and how many rules there are and how it's a challenge to learn the rules in such a short time. And one of the way I learned the rules down here was from senior members. And I came on the floor several weeks ago and expressed the way that I learned the rules of the house. And I'm expressing that to the 15 freshman men on the floor. And I tell them the story of Lois DeBerry and how she expressed to me what was supposed, what was understood I was supposed to be doing. And I took that advice in good faith. And I never made that mistake again. The reactions that we have seen began calling me everything in the book. National media called me everything in the book. Thankfully, members of leadership on the Democratic side came up to me and said, we know you're not what you were called. We know that you care. We know that you've been a part of this process. So I just left that as someone being naive. We left it that. But I'm wondering, how do we learn the rules? Do we sit there and read what's on the paper? 
Is it life experience? Do we listen to those who have gone through this legislative process before to teach us, to try to instruct us? And I'm going to get to a question here. We've been talking about how individuals at a particular time last week got to the well, but I'm wondering what was the plan to get out of the well? And we saw there in the video being chastised by leadership. What was the plan to get out? Representative Pearson, you recognize. Representative Hawk represents something that we ought to talk about. And it's a, it's a common phrase. I'm not going to talk about white supremacy and things like that right now, because I think that's what you're referring to. That's not what I'm going to talk about. Uh, what I want to talk about is just a common phrase that all of you know. Hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. And there have been folks like, like this, and I didn't even realize Democrats have been in control of the House for 140 years or anything like that. That's a, that's a substantial amount of time. Um, uh, but in what the representative said was given reasoning or license for mistreatment of other members that are not currently in the majority. That is not how we sustain our democracy. Saying these things such as, uh, I didn't get recognized in committees. Saying things like, uh, uh, I, uh, had, I, I only certain people could pass bills. These are the exact same things that I hear as a member of the minority party. There's something wrong in the way that this house is operating. And when it got called into question in a peaceful protest to end gun violence, the response was not, what could we do to do something different? What could we do to do something better? How can we recognize that this change is something that the people in this state are demanding and ask for? It wasn't, how do we listen to the parents and the children who are protesting, not calling them insurrectionists? It wasn't, what can we do to make sure this body responds to the needs of our communities, not with just spending hundreds of millions of dollars on more war or weapons of war? or doing things like lowering the age requirement for people to get guns. The idea was to now arm teachers. It was not what do we get from the people who came to listen and to show up and be a part of the process, as you call it. That wasn't it. Your hurt continues to cause you to hurt people. And this body is hurting people. You just expelled a member for exercising their First Amendment rights. For a house decorum rule when the last two people committed actual crimes, 22 counts of sexual assault, bribery, is that you're having to see, address ideas and people different than you're used to. You're having to answer questions that you're not used to having to answer. You're having to see people in positions just like you that you aren't used to seeing. That's, now I understand, Representative Hawk, what Representative Farmer was getting to about why I'm really here. Doesn't have to do with not following decorum about fighting for the end of gun violence. It has to do with an idea and an ideology that says there's only one way that we're gonna allow thinking up in here if you're gonna be here. 
It's only one way that you're going to be if you're going to be in this house. But the news for you and for every member in this legislative body is that this country is changing in magnificent ways. That the diversity of the state of Tennessee is changing in magnificent ways. That the voices and the people who are protesting aren't just black folk and ain't just white folk. Ain't just rich folk or poor folk. It is a multiracial coalition built on a solidarity dividend can, that can break any institution that refuses to change. And so, because we need not cling to hurt, I suggest that this institution choose to change. Change the way that it is operating in order for justice to be possible here. For everybody's voice to be treated equitably here. I will say this. Lois DeBerry, Speaker Pro Tem, why was she never the Speaker of this House? She deserved to be Speaker of this House. And the reality is, the reason that she was saying things about decorum and things like that was because she understood that the institution that she was a part of institution as the second black woman, I believe, to ever be elected in the Tennessee state legislature, the way she had to present herself, the things she had to do and say, and the way she had to look was so important because black folk wouldn't get respected otherwise, because white folks wouldn't respect them. They'd call them boy, they'd call them girl, instead of chairperson or speaker pro tem. All right. Represent Towns. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, here again, and members, I'm going to say that this House right now should be in mourning. We really should be in mourning after the incident at Covenant with the six beautiful souls that untimely transitioned. That's what we still should be doing, watching the flags fly at half mass. Because I know that particular day, everybody was hurting. And a lot of us are still hurting. Hearts broken. A heartache is a hell of a thing. Our hearts were cracked and broken. And you can't put it back together again. We're supposed to be in mourning. This house ought to be in mourning. It has not healed. Hadn't had time to heal. It takes time to heal a broken heart. But we've been deflected on trumped up charges for one of our members, two of our members, three of our members, which is subconsciously denying us the ability to heal and plan and progress a way through this melee of madness of death and destruction in our communities. We should be in mourning. And in our anger, we're lashing out at our members, at the brothering, if you will, on this house floor. We're lashing out. That is not Christian. 
That is not kindness. That is not brotherly. And that's not something that we should act that way towards our colleagues. As I've shared with you, none of our members should be expelled because there were other measures if there need to be anything done in terms of discipline. We had other measures. I ask that you allow our member to stay and allow us to get back to mourning and to figure out how we can address this plague that's harming our nation and harming our people and harming our state and harming our citizens. The people are calling for something to be done. Many of us don't know exactly what needs to be done, but we know we have to do something. Any of us would run into a burning building to try to save some children. All of us. As I shared about the anger, when we get angry, we may be like a dysfunctional F troop and all the children die because we're mad. Madness, temporarily insanity. It's insaneness when you go mad. Can't rule and judge over people with madness. Sober minds and hearts of flesh passion when you're trying to legislate and have sway over human beings lives. My grandmother told me something a long time ago so she said, baby, you never spank your children when you're angry at them. I said, why, my dear? She said, you may hurt them. We're hurting our members because we're mad. The body has gone mad. It's like an autoimmune disease. The body turns against itself. We're mad because of something that transpired on this floor. We need to figure out how to save our member. And I'm encouraging that we don't expel our member. I really appreciate your consideration and hope that we act accordingly come out of this stupid madness and do what's going to be just, justice for Justin. Thank you, members. Representative Pearson. Thank you, Representative Towns. And I just want to reiterate why uh, uh, we should be in mourning and why we are here. I, I don't want to forget Representative Freeman's district, the catalyst for this conversation, and unfortunately, Instead of it being a catalyst today for the passing of those laws, it's about expelling, expelling myself and two other members of the House. We have in this state a proliferation of guns, and we have significant incidences of gun violence. That is the reality of what's happening in the state of Tennessee. That is a real issue that needs to be addressed. And this expulsion and other conversations that take away from the real calls for change that are coming out of the halls and coming out of the homes of people in all of our communities is detracting away from the calls and cries for justice that each of us need to be answering, that each of you need to be answering. And if your mind has not changed about how we get there, 
since last Thursday. If your mind hasn't changed about how we make Tennessee a better, more safe place, if you are offering the same solutions or resolutions or ideas, then you are not listening to the people. You are not listening to the communities like Memphis and Shelby County that are suffering. You're not listening to the folks who are dealing with gun violence on every single day, every news cycle. All of us should be being uh, transformed in the ways that we're thinking about solving this problem. But instead of being transformed to do something to solve it, we're silencing folks who said, we've got to say something. The resolution isn't expulsion. The resolution is doing something to pass meaningful gun violence prevention. That's what we should be doing. That's what you should be doing. Saying how do we prevent incidences like what's happening to folks like Larry, all the way to folks like at Covenant. How do we actually prevent this from happening by ensuring that this proliferation of gun violence ceases on our watch? That's what folks are calling for, asking for and demanding. And that's what I will continue to call for and ask for and demand because we can do it. It is possible for this legislative body to pass more just laws. Now, whether the will is there is up to each and every one of you. It's up to you to decide whether or not we need red flag laws. It's up to you to decide whether or not we're going to pass gun lock storage laws. It's up to you to decide whether or not we're going to stop folks who shouldn't have guns from having AR-15s that can send hundreds of rounds through people's schools and homes and bodies. This, these are decisions that can be made by we who have been elected, by you who have been elected. You know, I always got pretty frustrated when I saw the whole thoughts and prayers thing, you know. It, it always bothered me because I always said, the people in power must do something. The people in power will do something, I thought, I believed naively. And then I had the opportunity because some folks at age 93 and 88 and 81 and 70, went to the polls to cast a ballot, not just for Justin, but for justice. I had the opportunity to come to that place to see the faces of the people who I would always say they have the power to do something. These folks, they're the ones who folks are always mad that they send thoughts and prayers at. Because they, they've got power that they will to actually be able to change the situation. But instead of looking into these faces and seeing a dogged determination to change what is going on. I'm seeing a dogged determination to expel me and expel the voice of District 86 in this state house. Because we know we need to have an end to gun violence. Because we're tired of having kids and adults and loved ones being killed by guns. So it's disappointing 
But that dogged determination does live in certain people. And that gives me hope. Representative Warner. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I'll call for the question. Question's been called. There's objection. We're voting on previous question. All those in favor of previous question, vote aye when the bell rings. All those opposed, vote no. Has every member voted? Does any member wish to change their vote? <clears throat> Mr. Clerk. Take the vote. Ayes uh, 73, 23 nays. Previous question prevails. Let the journal reflect. Representative Terry is excused. Representative Pearson, you have five minutes to close. Okay, give me one second. Speaker, uh, I just want to ask a point of privilege. Speaker, point of personal privilege. Is it possible that Senator Ackberry could join uh, us up here? Former uh, State House Representative? Yeah, she can come. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, she's going to stand next to me. Leader Camper. Come on, Senator. All glory and honor to God who makes all things possible, who takes the son of teenage parents, Kimberly Owens Pearson and Jason C. Pearson, and brings them to an institution built by enslaved people's hand. All glory and honor to God who brings those who've been marginalized and excluded into this place and tells them that you still have a voice, that you still are somebody, and that the movement for love and justice cannot be stopped because we've still got a heartbeat, because we've still got a movement for love that needs us. We've still got people who are calling on us to act and to do something to all you who still believe that the best days for democracy are ahead. For all of you who still believe that our better days in Tennessee are ahead, I want to tell you that I still believe with you. And how, how is it that even now with Miss Persecution on this Holy Week, after my own brother Justin Jones, Representative Jones, gets expelled from the House, is it that we still have hope and faith and belief in the democracy of Tennessee, faith and hope and the belief in the democracy of the United States of America? How is it that you still have hope, you descendant of enslaved people? How is it that you still have hope? Well, it's because even from the bottom of slave ships, my people didn't quit. Even in cotton fields and rice fields, my people didn't quit. Even when they were whipped and chained and told they had no name, my people didn't quit. Even when they incarcerated us, locked us up for a crack cocaine epidemic created by President Ronald Reagan, a fond of war in South America, my people didn't quit. Even when they defunded our schools, separated us and called us colored and white, even when they put us on lynching trees in the state of Tennessee, specifically in Shelby County. My people didn't quit. Even now, as our own brothers and sisters lay to rest because of the failure of people in positions of power to do something. Because people are refusing to pass just laws to end the epidemic of gun violence in the state of Tennessee my people have yet to quit. And so even now, 
amidst this boat, amidst this persecution, I remember the good news. Hallelujah, Jesus. I remember that on Friday, the government decided that my Savior Jesus, a man that was innocent of all crimes except fighting for the poor, fighting for the marginalized, fighting for the LGBTQ community, fighting for those who are single mothers, fighting for those who are ostracized, fighting for those pushed to the periphery. My, my Savior, my black Jesus, he was lynched by the government on Friday. And they thought that all hope had been lost. All the, 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 the outside, it rained and it thundered and, and everybody said everything was over. And it was some black women who stood at the cross. It was some black women who watched what the government did to that boy named Jesus. They were witnesses as you have been witnesses to what is happening in the anti-democratic state of Tennessee. They were witnesses. So what was going on? And I got to tell you, it got quiet on Saturday. Yes, I tell you, it was a sad day on Saturday. All hope seemed to be lost. Representatives were thrown out of the state house. Democracy seemed to be at its end. Seemed like the NRA and gun lobbyists might win. But oh, that was good news for us. I don't know how long this Saturday in the state of Tennessee might last. But oh, we have good news, folks. We've got good news that Sunday always comes. Resurrection is a promise, and it is a prophecy. It's a prophecy that came out of the cotton fields. It's a prophecy that came out of the lynching tree. It's a prophecy that still lives in each and every one of us in order to make the state of Tennessee the place that it ought to be. And so I've still got hope because I know we are still here and we will never quit. We're voting on House Resolution 63. All those in favor, vote aye when the bell rings. Those opposed, vote no. Has every member voted? Does any member wish to change their vote? <laughs> 